0: Say, so I'm going to the, next level. Go to the next level. Hallelujah. What's our, what's our purpose? Our, our motto has, as a men's ministry says this. Actually, go ahead and put that, that slide up there, there our motto. We can re- read this together if you can see it. Hallelujah. There it is. Our purpose is to create opportunities for the men of heritage to come together, to connect, grow, get free, and go to the next level in life. Our attitude is this. We refuse to go back, give up, or plateau. We will rise and be the champions we were created to be. Amen. Is that you? Yes. Is that you? Yes. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Now, before I get into to this month's uh, this month's lesson and what we're gonna we're gonna share, uh, and, and we'll review some things from last week. But but, hit uh, me that mic. Just, there's anyone that you you got a just a quick testimony you want to give? Just a quick testimony. Just something God's good, good. Something God's done good in your life in the last 28 days. All right, Richard. Now, we just, just brief. Quick, 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 quick. <laughs> okay, quick, quick.
1: Um,
0: I just know he's a preacher, so I just uh, I, heard, I heard him preach this morning. So. God's good. God is good. Well, mm-hmm. it's been a 10-year journey. Amen. But on the 24th of uh, January, I received my citizenship. Hallelujah. Nice. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, yeah. yeah you, know, his, you know it's funny, his son his son just slapped him on the shoulder and said, Dad, you can now call yourself an African American <laughs> <laughs> So we love Richard man. But that's awesome. That's an awesome testimony, you know. There's a lot of paperwork and a lot of things to, to do that. my my daughter in law, she's she's from Canada and, and so she's she had to go through that process and it was quite a quite an ordeal and everything. So is anyone else? Something Landon, what's up? Um, that's a good scene. Is it all right
1: if I stand right here? Yeah. Okay. How y'all doing? Great. Is that on? Is that on? I'm not sure. I didn't want to bang it against my chest. <laughs> Thanks. How y'all doing? Good. Hey, um, I wanted to... Actually, <laughs> let me not use this passion. I'll use my command voice. Um, My sister, I prayed for her and me and the pastor and everybody else. Uh, that I've known for a while here at the church. Pray for my sister about a year, year and a half ago. Um, she's she's recovered. She, my sister, she's uh, a lot smarter than me, more well educated, but about a year and a half ago, uh, she just kind of fell off. And, and um, I'm not trying to put her, put her out on front Street, but we're all men here. And so uh, I'm excited just to tell you that my sister, you know, she's working now full time. Awesome. Uh, I mean, she's doing really well. Uh, she's recovered. You know, She mm-hmm. had to go to the hospital, like I said, about a year, year mm-hmm. and a half ago. Psychological things were going on. And Somnia. And- I, yeah, Somnia. Yeah, thanks, Pastor. Uh, Somnia wasn't sleeping at all. Now she's sleeping, getting good rest. Um, Amen. When I look at her in the eyes, I can see the joy that God has Amen. just restored her. And, Amen. And, and Amen. And Amen. The joy, Amen. The joy is back in her life. That's awesome. And I can see it. You, you know, when you look at somebody, you can just tell in their eyes how they're doing and when I look at my sister's eyes it's like it's like she's 20 years old it's hey, like man, like when man, we were growing up we she's been restored yeah. fully 110%. thank you jesus and so um, she i mean from seeing her from a year and a half ago to now I mean it just it just excites me and I just I can't say enough about it so praise God That's God. awesome man
0: thank you for sharing that man <laughs> yeah. Thanks. awesome one more anyone else anyone else You can turn me down it's out the lows again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? One more? No one. No one. No one's. God's not done anything good in your life in the last 28 days. Only two people. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yes, Hiram. Go ahead.
2: Uh, so to testify, uh, I told you earlier, uh, I have a son, Daniel. He has a scholarship to uh, SMU. Uh, he was uh, a medically dis- dishonored, so he couldn't play football, but he still kept him on scholarship. So this is junior year. Mm-hmm. And Back during the fall, uh, he was getting ready to get off campus, had to get his own apartment and own car and whatnot. Long story short, he was able to take out a financial aid loan to get his apartment. And the uh, finance department approved it for him. He got a loan. And uh, I'll tell him, Pastor, in January, he came to him and said, we shouldn't have gave you that loan. Then you got to pay it back before you can enroll for the uh, fall semester. So we were thinking we are going to lose the scholarship and we had a couple of alumnus that's going to pay it for him because he's that kind of kid. But long story short, it was just supernatural. And we just prayed and just stood on God's word and we realized that, you know, something was going to be done. So Friday last week, uh, we had someone to come forward and paid
0: it off and everything is settled and you've got a scholarship. Uh, Amen. 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 God's good. Yeah. Hallelujah. Don't forget about celebrating the little victories. Don't don't uh, just the smallest victories. Acknowledge God in it. You know, I, I, I mean, if you just stood up and you just said, "Pastor Joseph, you know, I'm breathing tonight." You know, man, that's a that's a testimony, man. Just that's something good, right? That's right. You don't don't. It, it doesn't have to be something major. It doesn't. Well, I don't have anything to praise God. Hey, hey. You're still married, right? right? Praise God. You know, you know, just 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 look at something and, and 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 every day think about something good that God has done in your life that day. Amen. Don't don't forget to, to to acknowledge him in the little areas. It doesn't have to be major things because the thing is is what happened that's what, you, what the Psalms talks about when when, he, they, when David it said when I, he meditated on God's goodness. You know, and, and, and there's times when he talks about the things that he would do daily every morning. Every morning. We, you, you talk about his, in, in uh, Lamentations, and Jeremiah, talks about his mercies being new every morning. And, and, and so celebrating the things that God is doing, even, even in the little things. And, and as you start praising him in those little things, and what happens is you get your mind off any other of the big things, you see, that's what the enemy always wants us to focus on—big things that aren't working—and instead of let's let's look let's look and focus on our little victories today, right? Let's focus on you know the little victories. You know, we we've talked about you know addiction and freedom and, and those things. It's it's those it's those daily victories. It's those daily victories. It's, that, it's, the daily, uh, of, uh, it's the daily disciplines. You know what? Hey, devil, I, I, did, I was able to do what, the God, what God told me to do today. You know what? I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it the next day. I'm going to do it the next day. Yeah. You know, and so just don't, don't, don't think because you might not have a major testimony doesn't mean you don't have something good to say. You have something good to say. And you know what? It it, it doesn't matter how big or how small. We're going to celebrate with you. Amen? Amen. We're going to celebrate with you. Amen? Because we know the bigger breakthroughs, the bigger testimonies are going to come. Amen? Amen? Now, how many people were here last week? Last month? (laughs) Last week? (laughs) No? (laughs) Me neither. Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm here almost every day. but, But anyway, last month... You know, there was, there was some challenges. We talked about the making of a champion, and that's what we're dealing throughout this year. We're going through the life of Nehemiah, and we talked about what a true, what, what, what a leader is all about and what, what a person that is a true champion all about. And what was it? It was a person of character, amen? It's not about how smart you are, how fast you are, how uh, educated you might be. It comes down to character. Because, see, you can have a lot of charisma, but if you don't have any character, your charisma can only take you fo- so far. Yeah. I had a Bible school in, instructor, and, and he, he, he always said this, and he was very big on, on godly character. And he said, you know what? You know, charisma can can last you about 10 minutes. After that, you better have something to say. <laughs> you know, once, once your fluff is gone, once, once you've already told all your jokes, once you, you, you've, you've said you have went through your one or two red-hot sermons... You better have some character to, to back up your life, you know. And and that, and, that, and that's how I want to be. I, I don't want to be a, a ten minute flash in the pan kind of minister. I, I want to be someone that's in here for the long haul, and and, and someone that's going to make a mark on on my generation. How about you? And so we talk about being a man, a man or person of character. And I gave you some assignments, you know. Uh, one of those was fasting something. One was a, a book, a reading a chapter a day in the Book of Acts because uh, it's twenty eight chapters. And uh, and then there was one. It was uh, 15, uh, 15 minutes of exercise each day. I, I asked, how many people uh, read, read all 28 chapters? 20 28, uh, <laughs> 28 chapters, 28 verses, 28 chapters. <laughs> Keep your hands up. How many people didn't read it all? Didn't read, it all. Didn't, didn't read, didn't read a chapter every day. You know, and I don't see that. You know, the people that have their hands up, and I admire the people that did it. But you know what? If you didn't have your hand up, I'd choose you. You know, because one thing I've learned is, is you can have people that always dot the, dot the I's and cross the T's, but honesty, honesty is, is a commodity that's hard to find. I, I, w- I want a person of honesty on my team, not just a person to say, yeah, I did it, yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you did. So no, there's not, I'm not belittling you for, for doing it. That's not, that's, not, that's not the point. But what I want you to see, it's just as important to be honest. Because because that's, that's character.
2: Amen.
0: Now, now a person on my team, if you, d- you didn't do it and you're honest about it, the next thing we're going to say, okay, we'll, we'll, what can we do different next month? What can we do different? How can we set these parameters? Then we're, then we're going to work on that. Now, if we talk about six months later and we, and you're still not doing some of those things, there's some other issues going on. <laughs> six months later, like, yeah, Pastor, I didn't do it. You know, well, Pastor's just going to say it's okay, right? You know, eventually, you know you are gonna have to step up to the plate, right? You know, we've got to be held accountable. But 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 the whole point is 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 the character aspect and, and, and really the, the, the chapter a day, the the, the the fasting something, those are things are internal disciplines. Internal disciplines that will carry you to God's desired result for your life. Amen. Those internal disciplines. And, and I'm telling you, it's the things that you do in, in, on your daily life with, with the way you treat your body, the way you eat, the way that you, what you put into your spiritual, in, in, into your life spiritually. I'm telling you, that will take your life. And the thing is, is you don't, you won't even recognize it happening. All of a sudden, as you keep those disciplines happening, you know, six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, you're going to be like, wow, how did I get here? And it all started with making those few little adjustments. You know what? I want to eat a little bit different. You know what? I want to start exercising. You know what? I want to get in the word on a, on a consistent basis. Amen? And so we're talking about making of a champion. And I'm going to continue on that now. If you have your, did you get a sheet of paper when you came in? Everyone get that? If you didn't, Freddie's got some. So raise your hand if you didn't get a sheet of paper. And I'll, I'll wait until he hands those out because we're going to go over a couple things. And we're going to go over this each time we come together something I, I want you to confess on a consistent basis. Do you believe, do you believe there's power in words? Yes. Yes. You know, the Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. You know, you're, you're going to heaven and saved because of the words of your mouth. It was as a man believes in his heart and speaks with his mouth that that person should be saved, Right? And so it's what we believe in our heart, and it's, and it's what, we, what we speak with our mouth that brings about not just salvation, but change, right? And if you need a pen, I think Freddie's got, Freddie's got some pens. So you, Max got some over here too. Thank you guys for, for helping. <clears throat> now on that piece of paper there, there's a, uh, a little paragraph there or a few uh, lines there. It says, a person of character looks like and acts like. And let's let's read these together. The first one starts with step up, all right? You ready to read? Step up. Be a man of action. Assume it is your job in your moment. Hate apathy, reject passivity, refuse to live as a spectator in life. Speak out. Silence in the midst of sin is a sin. Be courageous. Fear God, not man. Speak the truth in love. Stand strong. Don't give in when you're challenged, attacked, or criticized. Above all, refuse to compromise. Stay humble. Be vigilant against pride. Get the log out of your eye. Don't think less of yourself. Think of yourself less. And serve the king. Seek first his kingdom, his glory, his righteousness, hope in the eternal. Live for the greater reward. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Now what I'm going to deal with tonight, in this chapter of the book that I'm dealing with, is be all you can be. How many people in the? I guess it would have been in the '90s that the commercial on the army, you know, be all you can be. Man, weren't there some great commercials? You know, be all you can be in the army. You know, you got the you got the helicopter and the guys you know dropping out of the helicopter and and uh, what's that? I was a child. You were a child. <laughs> And it was being some great commercials, and it and it and it and it, and it, and it tapped into. It tapped into. I like to say the psyche of every man. Yeah. You know, whether you wanted to, wanted to be in the military or not, it tapped into the adventure side. That's on the only inside of man, a man. It tapped on it tapped on the inside of the untapped possibilities that are on the inside of each one of us. You because you're you're looking at it, it's like man the adventure the the life the 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 seeing different places the the aspect of defending your country the aspect of 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 doing something that everyone else wished they could do like jump out of a, a plane or a helicopter something something that's on the edge that that is like this is what I want to be this is what I want to do and it tapped into it. everyone liked that commercial because it tapped into that side of 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 the adventure that God's placed on the inside of each one of us. The, the, the aspect on the inside of us that, that we were created to, to affect generations. Amen. That you weren't created to just be something ordinary, but you were created to be something extraordinary. It tapped into this understanding and this idea that I could make a difference, that I could be different, that, that I could change the world around me, be all that you can be. Be all that you can be. Say that out loud. Be all that I can be. Be all that I can be. See, that's what God desires for each one of us, to be all that he created us to be, right? Yeah. To be all that he created us to be. You know, I was, um, well, as I was going over and praying over tonight and, and, and what the Lord wanted me to, to, to share tonight, and, and I came across, uh, as praying, I came across a couple things that, that really came up in my heart and there was two, two people that were, that were young and were extraordinary athletes. There, there was one guy, his name was Keith. And, uh, man, big guy, huge, huge guy. And, and he, he was wanted by about 20 different universities and for pretty much full-ride scholarships. And, uh, and they, he had already committed to different places. And I, I believe he ended up committing to, like, Notre Dame, I think. And, uh, and so this was halfway through his senior year. And, and he was all set to go. Well, he was also in, in theater and in production. Well, one time, in, one, one day, uh, and it was their time for their production that they were doing, and he showed up to, to do his part. He showed up and he was drunk off his rocker. So drunk, he, he couldn't perform, he could, he could barely walk into the building. And he lost everything. The schools didn't want to play around with that. Schools didn't want to mess around with that. Here, great talent. Great giftings. But what happened? There's another, another, another guy. And he, uh, he grew up in a, a town my dad grew up in, which is about 20 minutes where I was born. And it was in a small town uh, called St. Michael's. And uh, go ahead and put that um, picture up on the Anybody know this guy? Harold Baines. Harold Baines. You can show the next picture. Yeah. You know, Harold Baines, um, my dad was about 14 years older than him. My dad used to referee, hit referee, umpire his baseball games. And and uh, my uncle, his name is Bob Bowinski, is my dad, actually my dad's uncle. I called him Uncle Bob. And then there's actually, we lived in a small town called Nevet, population 650, something like that, you know. And it's, it's on the Chesapeake Bay. It's, you know, my mom was born in a town called Tillman Island, which is, it's like the Maryland Bayou. You know, it's where all the watermen are from, you know, Tongan and Clammin and crabbing and, and all those things. It's, it's like the redneck side of Maryland. It, it, is, the, it is Cajun for Maryland. You can, you can hardly understand how they speak. You know, um, this is the way they speak. So St. Michael's is about 20 minutes from this town, town of Nevitt and Tillman and, and, and place. And so anyway, my Uncle Bob actually knew the owner of the White Sox. And, and uh, my Uncle Bob, he, uh, he actually invited him to come down he goes, you need to see this guy play. And the Guy, he was a kid. He was 11 and going, almost 12 years old at the time, Harold Baines. And at that time, uh, um, the, the owner... Of the White Sox said, "I want him. I I I I, I want him to play for me." And that's when he was 12 years old. And here, Harold Baines, like a small town, middle of nowhere. He 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 grew up in poverty, and he got to a point where even when he was when he was 14, he was playing on he was playing on American Legion teams which American Legion is usually 17, 18, 19, and 20, and so forth. I don't know if they have American Legion baseball here or not. It was really big where I lived. And, and so anyway, he, he was playing there, and he, uh, he, had, um, he, he got to a 14, and, and you know what? And he just got so frustrated with his home life, how things were going, and his parents couldn't take him to practices, couldn't take him different places. They didn't have the finances. They didn't have this, and, and he, he pretty much just stopped showing up. He stopped playing, didn't want, want to play because of all the different things that was going on in his life. And then as a gentleman who was, he would be what you would call a redneck, <laughs> so to speak, made a commitment because he saw something in this kid. This is in the 70s, and, and he, he would drive every day 40 minutes to to go pick him up and bring him into practices. Every day, go pick him up, bring him to practices. Harold Baines graduated high school in 1977, and a week out of high school, he ended up up signing, or when it came draft time, he became the number one pick for the Chicago White Sox. And and I'm saying all that because he had amazing talent but yet he had a lot of adversity. And it wasn't just him, but it was other people around him bringing out the best that was in him. What if that gentleman, that guy, didn't go the extra mile and let Harold Baines choose to be just ordinary? See, we have a lot to play in, in our own lives, a lot to, not to be involved in our own lives, but also... In the lives of other people. Being everything that we can be. You know, great talent doesn't always mean great success. Great success isn't found in great talent alone. Yeah, the great talent can bring you to the top, so to speak, but it doesn't really make you a great person. You know, ask people like Michael Jackson... Great talent, but no structure in his life. What about Kurt Cobain? What about different artists, athletes that had great potential and started out great and even had some great years, thinking like like someone like a Terrell, Terrell Owens. Great talent, but but loses everything because he doesn't understand character. See, it's not just having great talent and great position that brings about success in your life. It's, it's, it's understanding the purpose and power of character because character is what makes you a champion. Yes, the gifts are great, the talents are great, but it's the character that truly makes you a great person. Put the next, next picture up. So, a gentleman by the name of Aaron Burr. Anyone have ever heard of Aaron Burr? You know, uh, Aaron Burr, he's, he's prominent in history, but not in a good way. But yet he came from great lineage, so to speak. His father was named Aaron, Reverend Aaron Burr, which was a minister, but he was also the president of Princeton. His grandfather is Jonathan Edwards, which is known for the Great Awakening a revival that went through all throughout colonial America, was the great grandfather of this. And Jonathan Edwards, who started one of the greatest revivals in American history, became the first president of Princeton University. So he had a revivalist, was the president of Princeton University. Where did our Ivy League schools go? <laughs> but there's Aaron Burr. He, 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 his, his genius and his academics, its even in modern day, cannot surpass his academics. But yet, yet he was known for his unquenchable lust when it came to women, and he was known for his immaturity. He was, um, he was in George Washington's detail, but yet he got in a fight with George Washington and he left his post. He later became the vice president of the United States, but later it was denounced because it was proved that he was tampering with the election results. He went on and he... Thank you, Father. He ended up killing a man by the name of Alexander Hamilton. Heard, heard the play Hamilton? Where he killed Alexander Hamilton in a duel because they were rival with politics. He ran to Europe to escape prosecution, but yet later in life he came back to New York City where he died friendless and penniless in a disgrace. Wow. But yet he, he was born into everything, had everything you could imagine, greatest education, finances, political acumen, great genius, but yet he died friendless, penniless, and a disgrace. Man, all because he didn't know anything about Character. We look at the life of Nehemiah, and I'm going to read a couple of verses to you in Nehemiah chapter 1. Verse 1 says, The words or the story of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. That's all we know about this guy Nehemiah. Who his father was. And then out of that, we don't even know who his father was. There's nothing extraordinary about the the genealogy of, of Hakaliah. I would tell you this though. His name means "one who God enlightens," and so here Nehemiah, the son of Hacaliah, the son of Jehovah, who enlightens. You see, when when see it's when God enlightens you that you can it can set you on course to do amazing things. And here this guy, Nehemiah, he's not born from a great family. He's not born from, from any lineage that we know of. He was probably from the tribe of Judah, but yet he was probably, and he was all probably born into captivity. He was probably born into slavery. And, and if you understand anything about this time, if I, if I go over to uh, Psalms chapter 137, at this time that Israel has been in bondage for over a 100 years. They've been in bondage and slave for a 100 years. And this is, this is what it says in Psalms 137. By the rivers of Babylon, they, there we captives sat down. Yes, we wept when we earnestly remembered Zion. On the willow trees in the midst of Babylon, we hung our harps. For there, they who led us captive required us a song with words. And our tormentors and they who wasted us required us joy, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Verse 8 says, O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed? Happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dash thy little ones against the stones. So meaning happy is your enemy that dashes your little ones against the stone. Meaning we're captive. We're held there and our enemy is laughing at us. And that's really what's going on. That's really what the psalmist is writing about the time when they were in bondage to the Babylonians. And here, he's using a man that no one knows anything about to go in and change history and to change the world. You see, history is littered with with people that are gifted but failed when their character was tested. Nehemiah, he has no rich heritage to lean on. He had no physical strength to talk about, but yet he was a man of character. A man of what does a man of character do? A man of character is one that takes responsibility. You know, if you look at the story in in, in, uh, in Nehemiah chapter one verse six, it says, "Let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open and listen to the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you day and night for the Israelites, your servants confessing the sins of the Israelites which we have sinned against you. Yes, I and my father's house have sinned." We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, statutes, and ordinances which you command your servant Moses. I Maybe mean, he's, he's, he's confessing for something he didn't do. He's taking the blame. He's taking responsibility. That's what a champion does. They take responsibility. When, when, the, when the, a true captain on a team, they're not looking at, okay, you're the one that dropped the ball. No, we all dropped the ball. We we were all to blame for it. We were all to blame for it. And see, that's what this champion did. They're not pointing the finger at at who messed up. They're not pointing the finger. Well, I'm better than they are. Or I'm better. No, no. It's the person that says, you know what? I repent for our name. I repent on behalf of me and my fathers. I I I choose to to, to repent about this. See, a lot of times we get we get bogged down because we don't have titles or we might not have a name. But yet, Nehemiah was an example in integrity and faithfulness, patriotism, humility. He learned his captor's language, and he took the initiative to be a man, a great man of character. Don't get the idea that God can't use you, or serving is less, than point, less important than being a pastor. Don't have the idea that serving is less, or 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 because you're not a pastor, because you're not this, that you're not important. Because because there's going to be some people that you're going that will never enter this church, but yet you will impact their lives. There's so many people that, that you're around every day that you have the ability to impact. But you have to, you, just because you don't mind, I have a title or, or you have letters behind your name. You know, I used to feel guilty a lot of times. And, and I'd be around different ministers or at conferences or hearing different things. And they say, well, where did you get your degree from? I don't have one. <laughs> you know, I, oh, well, where'd you get your doctorate from? You're a pastor. Where'd you get your doctorate? I don't have one. Well, where'd you get your 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 masters in divinity? I don't have one. You know, and so you can feel guilty because of what you don't have. You can feel guilty because you might not be where everyone else thinks you should be, or you're not there. And I'm not saying education is wrong. It's just the way the Lord didn't direct me. And so, so what you have to you can't see where you are as being less important than someone else. You need to see that that Nehemiah was just a cupbearer. He was just a a cupbearer for a king in a foreign country. A country that had conquered areas. This, you're talking about an area that spanned from Greece to Turkey to India. And here he is in this city of, of, of Susa or Shushan. And here it is. He's, he's there and he gets word from his brother saying, Man, it's bad over here. It's bad over here. In verse 2 it says, it says, Hananiah, one of my kinsmen, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them about their surviving Jews who had escaped exile and about a Jerusalem And they said to me, The remnant there is in the province who escaped exile. They're in great trouble and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its fortified gates are destroyed. You know, he had a passion. He had a passion. What stirred Nehemiah to action? What stirred him to action? If you go back to Psalms 137 real quick, you need to turn there. But it says this If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth if I remember you not, if I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Maybe he, did he understand what Jerusalem was all about? Did he understand the importance of Jerusalem? So when he heard about this from his brother, Hanani, and he heard this, he said, man, Man, let not my my right hand forget my skill. Let not my tongue cleave to the root. Help me not to be silent. What stirred Nehemiah to action? It was his passion for his people and passion for his nation. And it was an overwhelming sense that God was on his side. That God was on their side. It was a passion for his people and a passion for the nation. An overwhelming sense that God was on their side. You see, I don't think Nehemiah was setting out to be a great man. I don't think he woke up one day and was praying, you know what, God, I just want you to make my name famous. No, God, I just want you to, I just want to be a household name in Jerusalem. I just want to be someone great one day. I don't think that was his prayer. I think it was, he just had a sense of purpose. It was just this sense of purpose that, you know what, I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to do something great for God, Dave. I want to do something extraordinary for God. I want to fulfill something great for God. It wasn't, you know, God, I want, I want to be known by everyone in Jerusalem. I just want to do what God wants me to do. Man, that's what a champion's about. It's not about having a title. It's not about having great giftings or great talents. Those things are great, but what makes you great is the character. What makes you great is character. You know, David was the same way in front of Goliath. Everyone else saw an unconquerable giant. He saw an uncircumcised Philistine. I don't think David said, you know what, I want to be famous one day. No, he just saw, how can you just sit by and, and sit back? And, you know, I love in First Samuel chapter 17, he goes, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause that we should do so? Is there not a cause that, that here we are, we're, 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 we're in fear, and, 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 and here this uncircumcised Philistine? See, what makes you great is your passion to serve God and your passion to see things made right. One plus God is a majority. One plus God is a majority. It's amazing what God can do for the person who's not worried about prestige, position, or status. You go ahead and put that one uh, picture up. I thought about a man. Here, this man, he was, uh, he was living in Boston, and he was a shoe salesman. But yet he had a desire to be used by God, just a shoe salesman, not much as it pertains to someone that's turning the kingdom of God upside down, a shoe salesman. He, he tried to get involved in the church, in the church of Boston, and he, he, he went before the church, and back then, uh, you know, you, had to, you be, had to be able to know the gospel and had to be able to explain the gospel in eloquence of speech. And he couldn't do it. So they wouldn't let him become the member of a church. You could go to church. You just couldn't be a member unless you could eloquently share the gospel in just the right way. And they wouldn't let him go. He ended up being transferred in his business as a shoe salesman to Chicago. And there he, his, his business started to grow and increase until the Chicago fires and the Chicago fires came. He lost everything. He went over to Europe. Went over to Europe and he, he heard a man preach. He heard a man preach and he heard this statement just lodged on the inside of him. And this statement from this minister says, The world has yet to see what God can do through a man that's totally consecrated to him. Let me say that again. This statement is what he heard. The world has yet to see what God can do through a man that's totally consecrated to Him. Meaning, if if the world will, if the world could find someone that's totally consecrated to God, the people would be astounded. No one has seen, and but yet this guy stuck up his hand and says, "I want to be that man. I want to be that man." He came back, to, came back to the States and, 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 and started uh, doing different things in business again, and, and, and he, he went to a church there, and he wanted, to become, he wanted to become a member there, and he wanted to start teaching Sunday school, but the people there in, in, at this church said, said that his mannerisms and the way he did things it just didn't line up with everyone else and the way everybody else did things. And they kind of laughed at him, and they said, you know what, you can, you can start a Sunday school, but you know what, you have to recruit your own people. Because before it was based by age or based by certain things, but but you know what you can we'll let you do a Sunday school, but you know what you got to recruit your own people. Do you realize that this guy he he ended up he ended up conducting the largest Sunday school in the world, the largest Sunday school in the world, but yet he was never called reverend, was never called pastor, or he wouldn't he didn't want anyone to call him that now he has a great university in Chicago and his name is D.L. Moody. And you can show the next picture. But. From a man that wouldn't even be allowed in a church, to, to, to serve in a church to, to now, we don't want you to teach because we don't like your mannerisms, to do your own Sunday school and he ended up having the largest Sunday school in the world. Thousands upon thousands of people every week to come hear him teach the Bible. But it comes back to the statement that he heard in England. This, this guy, D.L. Moody, like I said, he was never called reverend, never called pastor, but yet he impacted two nations, America and England. But all from a, the stamp, uh, this one statement, the world has yet to see what God can do through a man that's totally consecrated to him. Man, when we get totally consecrated to God, meaning totally sold out to God, and make that same statement, you know what? By the grace of God, I'll be that man. Amen. Wow. What, can, what, can, what could God do? It's the same thing with Nehemiah. You know, Nehemiah was never a builder, but yet God asked him to build the walls of Jerusalem. Do you realize he was never a ruler? but God asked him to govern Israel. Later on, you'll you'll see it how how he actually organized the whole nation by, by groups. Had great wisdom, but yet he was never a ruler, just a cupbearer that would go and stand before a king. He was a man that went to God. He was consecrated to God, making that decision, putting prayer as the first priority. He was never a a minister, but yet he took Israel to spiritual heights that they hadn't been in over a century. Wouldn't a prophet. He was just Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. No one knows anything about his father. And the Hebrew writings are pretty, pretty intent on people that did great things. They would record it. But yet we don't know anything about his father. But yet we do know Nehemiah. He was chosen. I'm going to read read his last prayer here at the very end of... Thank you, Father. See, God takes the foolish things to confound the wise. That's what Nehemiah was. was. He was the foolish things to confound the wise. But yet, this prayer of his, right? The last verse, he says, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and the prayer of your servants who delight to revere and fear your name. That's consecration and prosper. I pray you, your servant this day. Now listen to this, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was, for I was cupbearer to the king. He already had, he had faith. I was. Why, I was. He was already speaking past tense. Why, I was the cupbearer to the king, meaning meaning God's about to shift my life because because it's not about it's not about who I used to be. It wasn't about where he was presently, but it about where God was taking him. I was the cupbearer. He was still the cupbearer, but he says, pray that I have favor in the sight of this man. Amen. God, I want to do great things. I want to see, I love this nation, and I love Jerusalem, and I know you love Jerusalem, and I want to be a part of fixing what's wrong with Jerusalem. And he said, Lord, I just need you to give me favor in this man's sight. Because why? I was the cupbearer. Meaning, meaning when, I go, when I go in, because <laughs> two things are going to happen. When I go before the king, either two things are going to happen. I'm either going to was the cupbearer because I'm now dead. Because you're not supposed to speak unless you're spoken to. And you're especially not to go in there, if you read the next chapter, you're especially not going there sad. If you go into the king's thing sad and you discourage him, he can kill you. So he says, I was the cupbearer, meaning I was as I is de- dead or I was as in I'm going to Jerusalem and doing what God told me to do. And see, that's what a person of consecration is all about. He goes, I was this. You know what? And I'm heading on. I'm not, I'm not going back. I'm going forward. Amen. And that is what a champion is. See, too often we get our mind on, on people that look great, have come from great families or great lineages but that's not how God works. You say everyone was looking for King Saul to, to defeat a Goliath, but God used a young shepherd boy. When everyone was crying out for a conquering king and a conquering Messiah, it was a baby in a manger. It never comes in the, it's never the package the way that we might see in the natural because, you know, because God in you is what makes the entire difference to the world, and that's what makes you a champion. Father, I thank you for your word, and Father, I thank you for the making of a champion. I thank you for the champion down on the inside of each one of these men. I thank you for the champion, and I thank you that deep cries out to deep, and I thank you for the calling that is deep down on the inside of them, that, Father, that you're speaking to them about their calling, you're speaking to them about their purpose, you're speaking to them about the extraordinary things that they're created for, Father, I thank you for the great things and the champions that you've called them to be. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for the champion that's rising up in this place. Lord, and I come against a discouragement. I come against the thought of, the thoughts of, who am I? The thoughts of, I could never measure up. The thoughts of, I've made too many mistakes. The thoughts of, I can't bring change. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you that greatness is being stirred in the heart of each one of us. Greatness is being stirred. Greatness. Father, I just see greatness rising up. Greatness. I see greatness rising up on the inside of each man in this place. Greatness. Greatness, Father, that they see. They see the greatness that you see. They see the greatness that's on the inside of them. They see the extraordinary gifts and talents on the inside of them. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The world has yet to see what God can do through a man that's totally consecrated to him. And all of us, Father... Just like Deal Moody said, by the grace of God, I will be that man. Everyone stand to your feet and say, I'll be that man. Say, I'll be that man. Shape my life. Mold my life. Direct my life. Cultivate the gifts in me. Cultivate character in me cultivate holiness holiness. in me me. hallelujah in Jesus name hallelujah just take the hand of the person on, on, on your left and your right and just start praying over them right now hallelujah intercede over them pray over them hallelujah father I declare they're strong in the Lord and the power of his might hallelujah I thank you that great grace is upon them Great grace is upon them. Hallelujah. Great grace is upon them. hallelujah! Thank you that they're equipped for every good work. I thank you they're equipped. Thank you that they're equipped with wisdom. I thank you they're equipped with power. They're equipped with the anointing. They're equipped. They're equipped. Hallelujah. I thank you that they're equipped with favor. I thank you that favor is surrounding them. I thank you, Father, that we're going to hear reports of Favor and how favor is opening up doors and opportunities. How favor is increasing. Favor, favor, favor. Hallelujah. We will be those men. We will be those men. We will be giant killers in our generation. We will be giant kill- killers for our children. We will be giant killers. Hallelujah. In, in, in Fort Worth, Texas, we will be giant killers in our nation. We will be giant killers. Hallelujah. We will be giant killers Hallelujah. We will kill those giants that are, that are keeping people in fear. We will kill those giants. We will be those that help kill those giants and those that are addicted and those that are oppressed and those that have no hope, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we will be the ones that will take the sling and the stone and step out, hallelujah, into the field of battle. Hallelujah, and be a voice of change, and to be a voice of strength, and to be a voice of anointing that, that knocks down every wall, and knocks down every, every sickness, knocks down every disease, and, and, and knocks down anything that's holding, holding this community back from a visitation from God. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, and we thank you for your faithfulness. Hallelujah, champions. Hallelujah. Heritage of faith are filled with champions. Hallelujah. We are champions in God. We are champions in God. Hallelujah. We are strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As champions, we allow the love of God to flow out of us into others. As champions, we allow righteousness to rule and reign in our hearts. As champions, we build our lives on the Word of God. As champions... The Holy Spirit infuses and power our, powers our lives. As champions, we're always going to the next level that you have for us. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. One last statement. It's who you are. Who you are and what you have are unimportant. Now listen to me. Who you are and what you have are unimportant. It's what you let God do through you is what counts. Who you are and what you have are unimportant. See, a lot of times we judge our lives based on what we have or what we don't have. You know, I see too much in in our world right now that too, too many people are allowing what they see in front of them. They're allowing... Thank you, Father. Don't allow anything to hold you back. Where you were born, your finances, the color of your skin, nothing to hold you back. Because who you are and what you have are unimportant. It's what you let God do through you is what counts. What are you going to let God do through you? Let that question, what are you going to let God do through you? Mr. Baldwin, what are you gonna let God do through you? Dave, what are you gonna let God do through you? Eric, what are you gonna let God do through you? Philip, what are you gonna let God do through you? Renzo, what are you gonna let God do through you? Brad, what are you gonna let God do through you? Tommy, what are you gonna let God do through you? Don't cap God on because who you are or what you've done in the past or whatever. Like you said, you might just be Adrian, son of whoever your father is. It's like Nehemiah was just son of Hakaliah you can say, I'm Adrian. I'm son of the most high God. God's on the inside of me. He has a plan for me. He's working in me to willing to do his good pleasure. Amen. Amen. And I am a champion. Hallelujah. What are you going to let God do through you? Hey, what are you going to let God do through you Sunday morning when you come to church? Amen. A lot of times it's like, oh, well, what's God going to do through the pastor? No, no, what what is God going to do through you Sunday morning? Yes, right. it's, it's like, well, we, we, we expect to receive something from the pastor. But what if you have a word for someone Sunday morning? What if God directs you to take someone to take someone to lunch Sunday morning? What if God directs you to, to give them just an encouraging word, a hug? Yes. Amen? Yes. You know, it, it's, it's, it's what, what, what is God going to do through me? Tomorrow morning, tomorrow you wake up, just, just say, God, what do, you, what do you want to do through me today? Maybe it's handing someone, a, a getting someone a bottle of water. Maybe it's, it's a smile. Maybe it's just an encouraging testimony. What, what is God going to do through me today? Every day, what's God going to do through me? What's God going to do through me? That's how champions think. They don't think of, well, when they, when they pick me or when they choose me or when I get selected or one day when I have that title, one day when I have pastor in front of my name or doctor behind my name, you know, I'll be able to do something great for God. No, what is God going to do through you right now? Amen. Because like I said earlier, there's a lot of people that you will impact that will never step into this church. Because it's the the God in you. Hallelujah. And that's what makes you a champion. Amen. Thank you for letting me ramble. (laughs) You received this tonight? We give God thanks for his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated just for a moment.